Welcome to Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFBA. Over the next hour, you'll be introduced to business and local leaders impacting our community. Text your comments or questions directly to the studio at 540-371-5756. Now, the host of Town Talk, Ted Schubel. Fredericksburg Regional Food Bank is uh, in this morning. Dan Mayer the, uh, with the Food Bank is here. Dan, great to see you. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and all, all of that. And it's, it's, it's good to have you here this morning. All the same to you, Ted. Thanks so much. It's great to be here with you. Boy, um, uh, you know, an event that uh, was last year the first was really the first big of the, the first big distribution of uh, of turkeys and toys. Yeah, we uh, had an event last year this time of year at Virginia Credit Union Stadium. the The year before, we had done something at uh, the Expo Center that was That's a little right. more modest. Uh, but last year, using the Credit Union Stadium, we were able to ring cars all the way around the stadium there. So we were able to get a couple hundred cars on the parking lot. And believe it or not, Ted, the line backed up past the Wegmans on the uh, Carl D. Silver Parkway there. An incredible number of people coming out for that event last year and really heightened our awareness that this has got to be probably an annual thing, that we have to have a commitment to serving that kind of need in the community. Boy, and to see that and to see those cars and to see those cars and, and hearing stories about how early they got there. Yeah, it, it's really uh, humbling and, and really, you know, in, in a sense when you're blessed and you have resources, very sad to hear. I mean, it's called Turkeys and Toys, playing on the fact that we guarantee the first 500 families that come through a turkey and a toy for their children. Uh, we try to serve more than 500, but given that we don't want to be in a situation where we've committed something we can't deliver based yeah. on volume of people coming out, we say that the first 500 will receive a turkey and a toy. And then we have sprinkled in there other food items that we may have on hand. Things like this year is going to be things like cereal, uh, kind of a peanut butter spread or a protein spread, some chips, uh, some produce, things of that nature. Uh, we'll have some paper products, things of that nature. So those kinds of items are also there in addition to the turkeys and toys. But in, in a sense, it's uh, just a small grocery run for many people, mm. and yet because people are in such need at times and need that perhaps turkey or that toy to feel good about the holiday season, we had people getting out there probably 4 a.m., 5 a.m. to line up for an event that begins at 10 a.m. And that is just humbling and sad that there is so much need and despair within the community that people feel they got to be out there that far in advance to guarantee themselves something as simple as a turkey and a toy. It was, it was such a, a visual that did show you because we sit here and we, we talk about numbers and we talk about we had this many more over last year but to, but to see that and to hear that people would get out there at four and five in the morning as cold as it would be just to get get the turkey and a toy yeah these are real people with real hardships yeah. and i think you know sometimes it's easy to get detached from that uh and so we really appeal to the community to recognize that we're a blessed community in many ways, but there is still a great deal of need in the community as an event like this manifests. And so we really need to rally around and, and try to show support. And that's what the food bank recognizing our capacity and our scale is unique within the community. Uh, you know, we feel a, an obligation to offer such a service because, uh, you know, probably only we can deliver such a scale of food distribution. And we're, we're, we're fortunate with the toys and things of that nature. I mean, we get some leftover toys from Toys for Tots, leftover toys from uh, sheriff office events that try to provide toys for children. Yeah. So the community is good in that regard. Toys are not something we ordinarily trade in, 
But uh, you know, a couple of years ago, the the whole origin of the the concept in many respects is we looked around after Thanksgiving. We said we've got more turkeys on hand here, and we had had a load of toys come in. We said, well, what are we going to do to get rid of these yeah. and make them of use to the community? And so we just put together a Christmas event during about two or three weeks. <laughs> so that's why last year was much more uh, organized, a, a much bigger scale. Well, and I remember last year talking to several politicians who were there and, and who manned some of these little workstations. It was so interesting because you just assume, well, they would know. And, and, and a couple of them told me straight out, I had no idea that, th- that there was this kind of need. Yeah, I, I think it is impactful. You, you've used the word visual. I mean, you can give a lot of stats, you can give a lot of graphs, you can talk the talk, but sometimes people don't understand until they see. And so I was really edified, yes, that we had Mayor Greenlaw out there last year from the city. Uh, we had Councilman Gerlach. We had uh, Delegate Philip Scott. Mm-hmm. He spent the whole day out there. Uh, and then uh, yeah, rep- he and his girls were handing stuff out. <laughs> Representative uh, Abigail Spanberger yep. came in uh, for a, an hour or two. So, I, I mean, there was a lot of interest in what was going on and a demonstrable presence. The, the very first year we did it, uh, Representative Whitman came out. He was the uh, Congress congressional representative at that time so I, I just really was edified that there is this will within the community to offer their service but also to understand and yeah. I, I think a manifestation of that uh, I mean we get modest funding from the city of Fredericksburg but they uh, they doubled that modest funding uh, and I think something like turkeys and toys was probably a big yeah. r- reality check that made them realize uh, you know these are these are people within our community we have to be investing in you and I stood right up, right at the top as you overlook the stadium, the, the road that leads in. And I, and I remember it was mid-morning, and the visual to me, that visual stayed with me all year. Whenever I went to a ball game, I would walk down that area and, and think, this is where Dan and I stood, and all those cars just wrapped around the stadium. It, 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 was, it was a powerful visual. I appreciate you keeping that in mind, and, and that's meaningful. It, it would have that kind of impact on you, and I'm sure that our conversation today can help people visualize and hopefully have an impact on them to realize that, uh, you know, this holiday season, but also just year-round, those kinds of needs exist within the community, uh, maybe on a, a more modest scale. But during the summer, we were serving thousands of meals yeah. during the summer. 150,000 meals went out during the summer. Uh, and so, you know, it's more scattered across the community at that time than in a single event. But, uh, you know, definitely lines of cars during the summer trying to pick up meals for children. It just really is the sort of thing where when people question sometimes, like, well, do the people really need it? You know, are they maybe just gaming the system? I mean, there's skepticism that maybe in some respects is rightful. But something like this really lets you realize yeah. if – there's people gaming the system. They are very limited in their numbers because people would not turn out hours before an event to them. wait in line, use their gas, sit in a cold car mm-hmm. for something that many of us think is so simple to go to the store and get a turkey yep. and a toy. Yep. Turkeys and uh, toys this Saturday, 10 to 2 at uh, the at uh, Virginia Credit Union Stadium, Fredknet Stadium. And uh, if you know of someone who, who can benefit from this, let them know about this taking place uh, through the Fredericksburg Regional Food Bank. Turkeys and toys on Saturday, 10 to 2. Dan Mayer here from the Food Bank. More coming up on News Talk 1230 WFVA. 
Welcome back to Town Talk on News Talk 1230. You can weigh in about today's topic on Facebook at WFVA 1230 and by text at 540-371-5756. Here's your host, Ted Schubel. Dan Mayer here with the uh, the Fredericksburg Regional Food Bank. Fredfood.org to stay up to date on, uh, on, on all the things going on. And again, turkeys and toys this Saturday, 10 to 2 at, uh, at Frednet Stadium to, 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 uh, to hand out things. You, you mentioned just before the break, Dan, about um, just the high numbers of what, what went on over the summer. And we should say, boy, your staff, is they are just terrific from, from everybody there. Everybody there does, does so much. They're so helpful. So oftentimes when I'll come over to see you for something, and they don't know who I am, and I'm just you know, asking for you, and they're just, just making you feel welcome there. Well, is, 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 they, they do a great job. That's a goal of ours, and I appreciate you recognizing that, Ted. And uh, yeah, it, it's an excellent staff, a dedicated staff, hardworking staff. And then you know, couple that with the volunteers. So many volunteers that return frequently. Yeah, I mean, we get a lot of one-off volunteers who maybe come out one time and do some service because they have a requirement to do some service. But we also have a lot of volunteers who are very interested in the mission, and they come out there and they catch the fever, in a sense. You know, they recognize that they're making a, an important contribution. So I think that's what keeps the staff motivated and energized. It can be very draining. I mean, the pandemic, followed yeah. by this push of inflation, has led to years of feeling seemingly nonstop work for us, you know. And, I mean, it feels that way to, to us, I think, who are inv- involved in it. But, yeah, the staff keeps chugging along has uh, as much energy as I could imagine, and uh, I'm just really proud of the energy that they put into their and the passion they put into their work. The I I saw on on, on Facebook the other day where you have a you have a new walk-in refrigerator yeah. freezer, and which which that's that's big stuff to, to be able to do what you got to do. You got to and, and those things aren't cheap. It is no, it was about a hundred eighty thousand dollar investment. Uh, fortunately, it was funded by some grant funds received from Feeding America as well as the uh, State Department of Housing and Community Development. Um, so it, it's things like that that we really need desperately, but often uh, can only achieve when there are major or significant grants out there, unless you know somebody's out there willing to stroke a check to us uh, of a couple hundred thousand dollars, and we would love that. But uh, you know these kinds of things are important investments in our infrastructure because yeah. it's not just about the food that we can acquire, uh, most of it we try to get through donations. Uh, obviously, some we have to purchase to fill in gaps. But, uh, you know, a lot of our money needs to go to infrastructure to make sure that we have the facilities we need. And with an emphasis on healthy foods in contemporary food banking rather than just non-perishable products, there really is a need then for cooler space, freezer space. And so we're always trying to see how might we optimize that. I mean, some food banks around the country – something like 40 or 50% of their square footage is dedicated to cooler and freezer space. Mm. We traditionally have only had maybe about 5 or 8% of our, our square footage be that. So we felt it was very important to take advantage of this opportunity with these resources and uh, put in a new walk-in cooler, walk-in freezer that will be able to assist our partner agencies and have more product available to them. No, I saw that. And I, and I thought to be able to do the things that you want to do and to keep adding to it, you have to you have to have more space. Yeah, we, we do. I mean, that's something within our strategic planning process that we're engaged in right now. We're aggressively looking, what might we do to better create efficiency within our scale? 
Uh, we have two facilities going right now, which is not optimal but necessary uh, given what has happened with the pandemic and the inflation era. So one space is leased and one space we own. Um, gives us about 50,000 square feet out of which we can operate. And we really are trying to look around the community for opportunities, be it land that we could build upon, be it an existing facility that could be retrofitted. But, uh, you know, the, the scale of that kind of investment is tens of millions of dollars in contemporary food banking because so much emphasis is on cooler space, freezer space, things of that nature, uh, in addition to all the infrastructure you need with vehicle fleets and uh, modern technology and warehouse racking, warehouse equipment, all the kinds of things that allow us to operate at the scale and the efficiency we need to to really support our network of community partner pantries. They are the boots on the ground that are doing the actual distribution for the most part, so we really rely heavily on them. But uh, you know, one thing we recognize too is so many of them are in faith-based communities and often operated by an aging volunteer corps. Mm. And so how do we equip ourselves for the future in the long term? It doesn't seem like uh, younger volunteers get involved in the same ways. We do get younger volunteers for sure, but uh, just kind of a different view on the world, different perspective on how they want to give back their time. And so I'm not sure the uh, the agency networks are um, you know, something we're going to be able to sustain for decades going forward. So we got to really invest in how do we as a food bank serve that network, but also be in position to serve the public more directly than we traditionally have. Hmm. That's so interesting because we, we see it in so many different things of where you look around and you think, whether it's, whether it's people giving blood or people going to do you know to history programs every you know you look at those kinds of things and you wonder going going forward what is what's it going to look like i never thought of that with the with the food bank and with pantries but that does has to be something that that, that you have a handle on so all of a sudden you don't wake up one day and think how are we going to get this distributed right i think there's a, an evolving emphasis on the use of technology and platforms of technology to point people to where they can receive services or even to deliver services, you know, online ordering of food and things of that nature. Our newest program we've been operating the last couple of years is called Order Ahead. It invites people to go onto our website, place an order every couple of weeks if they wish uh, at a time uh, that is convenient to them. And then, uh, you know, those items like a grocery store are pulled together on their behalf and at the appointment time, they come to a designated site and pick up the groceries. So, uh, you know, we've already started to evolve into some of the more uh, technological yeah. res resources. But also, um, you know, we have a Fred Food VA app, which we use to make sure people know where the distribution locations are, what times they're operating. That really points people to our pantry network as well as our own mobile pantries, and that's another element, just bringing accessibility to people through mobile programming. Uh, you know, very critical. People are used to a convenient society, and um, you know, we can't expect necessarily uh, uh, younger people in need to drive miles and wait in a line, and hmm. they're just not used to that. It's not yeah. how they experience the world. Yeah. You know, they're ex used to more immediacy. And so, um, you know, we've even got to think in those terms. If we're going to serve people, how do we meet them where they have expectations of how they get served? You stole my thunder because I was going to I was going to talk to you about it on a, on a, on a couple of things, and we'll, we'll we'll come back to it. But no, I remember I would think it was the last spring when at a Stafford school you had that's where you've got one of those those pickup places, and it, it it again it was one of those things that you 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 looked at it and you thought this is. 
this is what the world is doing, and the the, the, the food bank it's as another effort to to reach out and and, and do that. It's, it's it was I, I had never heard of it before. Yeah, you're, you're pointing to kind of a pioneering effort that we're trying to raise funds to see if we can replicate it around the community. Food lockers, yeah. um, you know, kind of like an Amazon pickup locker yep. you see around the community. Um, we are among really the first few food banks around the country to try the concept. I think it's going to catch on uh, elsewhere. But, uh, you know, we're a modestly sized food bank in terms of the 200 food banks across the Feed America network. I mean, we're actually probably, you know, among the smallest 20 or so in the whole nation. And yet, you know, trying to be innovative. Uh, so we got temperature controlled food lockers that uh, Stafford School was willing to work with us on hosting on site to kind of have it accessible to their families as well as the community around them. Uh, it's a, you know, economically challenged neighborhood. And so yep. uh, they just invested in allowing us to put that on their property. We got some some funds to do so. And um, you know, it's been a great resource, I think, and uh, helps our Order Ahead program have another location out of which they can distribute. And I guess that brings up a, gr- a great point, too, that if, if, a, if, if, a, if, a, if a group, a business, an agency has an idea – Maybe there's something that you can partner with the food bank to, to do these kinds of things. Yeah, no, that, that's a great point. In, in fact, I think, you know, what you did to promote that uh, story, as well as the Freelance Star had uh, media out there to help promote that story. Uh, we did have a local organization that is now assessing what they might do to help us replicate that hmm. elsewhere. Um, you know, at, at least one episode, perhaps, of trying to put lockers someplace else in the community. So, it, you know, they haven't finalized their decision yet so i don't want to you know steal thunder or or say something that may not come to fruition but, but others it, are thinking about exactly. it. exactly it definitely manifested itself that, yeah that helped an idea come to fruition how can we support this how can we uh pony up our resources and make this happen elsewhere so yeah i appreciate this platform because it really does allow people to maybe get creative think outside the box i think a lot of people assume we are federally funded and everything we do has funding behind it no yeah. a lot of a lot of stuff has faith behind it <laughs> yeah not, not funding necessarily when we start these things and you know ho- hopefully they catch on they uh, demonstrate that they are viable opportunities and programs that the community needs and they do catch on and get funded that way but no we are not uh, a resourced food bank that has like federal funding behind everything we do. That's not how food banks operate. We're really private operations that rely heavily on public support. I wrote an article for Front Porch Magazine that will air that will air that will be that will come out, I guess, in January. That, that kind of looks back at the, at the at the past year. And, and one of the one of the events that I that I put down that that had happened in the past past year was just a little thing with it with you and Mount Hope Baptist Church where that church raised ten thousand dollars and the, just the number of meals was phenomenal and just just one church and I it, it just pointed out the fact that individuals or individual churches or individual groups can make a big difference yeah that's a great point Pastor Bell deserves a lot of credit he and his team out there um, they con- conceived the concept based on the fact that Traditionally, historically, when you look at our finances, for every dollar we receive, we're able to put two meals out into the community. And that is based on the ability to leverage so much donated food product that we receive, as well as donated labor through volunteers. Those are the resources that allow us to achieve that kind of efficiency. Because you you couldn't go to the store and do anything like that. No. Um, But we can because of our ability to use and leverage donated resources. So they picked up on that and called it 
um, you know, feed a family of four, give us $2, we'll feed a family of four. Yeah. And so that, you know, had traction. That made sense to their congregation. Oh, this is easy. We can give a couple dollars. We can give $10. We can give $100. And yeah, before you know it, they had $10,000. They were presenting a one of those big, big blown up checks, checks you know, yeah. to kind of celebrate the the achievement. And, you know, people looked at something like that and said, well, why don't you do that with more churches? Well, it would be nice to think other churches would take that initiative and, you know, be self-starters. It's yeah. not as easily done, perhaps, in one respect, because people don't always think to do those kinds of things. Right. But, yes, in some sense, it's a very replicable program if churches would start it or if businesses would start it. So I think, you know, it's not as easy to get people to think in those terms as people would imagine. People think, oh, you're you're doing good work. Wouldn't everybody just want to support you? But, right. You know, people have a lot of things pulling at them. But yeah, yeah, I really do hope people will think about it is simple to kind of invest resources in a collective way and make a big impact. It does. It does. You're right. It takes one person to say, hey, we can do that. Let's do it as opposed to what a nice story, yes. you know, yay yes. For, yes. for Mount Hope and yay for the food bank. But it does take, it takes at least a person to, yeah. and, and sometimes, like you say, these, these things don't just happen. There's right. there's work at, at both ends. And right. so it's going to take some people to get involved. Yeah, we don't run those churches. We can't make them collect $10,000. And, uh, you know, he, even though it may be appealing to them to feed the hungry, obviously, yeah. it still takes someone to lead it. And we don't have the bandwidth or the capacity to get into every community and make them do things. That, so it really does take my, my mantra ever since getting involved in food banking about a dozen years ago is it takes the community yep. to really have the vision and the will to execute. It, the food bank is as good as the community wants it to be. That's really what it is, I think. You know, yeah. And we're fortunate here. The community does rally. But the scale we see is so much bigger than we have the resources to meet. And so the community has to, I think, recognize that if we're going to really do our part to try to eradicate food insecurity in the Fredericksburg area, it really takes the community stepping up even more powerfully than we have. And the holiday season is a great time to reflect on that. Yep. Fredfood.org. Fredfood.org, the, the website, or there is uh, Fredfood VA. It's an app, great app that we'll talk about too as we go along this morning. Dan mentioned it just a minute ago. Dan Mayer here from the Fredericksburg Regional Food Bank. More on News Talk 1230 WFVA. It's 830. From the Fredericksburg Dot Today online news studios, this is News Talk 1230 WFVA, Fredericksburg, a centennial broadcasting station focused on Fredericksburg. This is Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFVA. Hear the show anytime by subscribing to the Town Talk podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And now, here's your host, Ted Schubel. Dan Mayer here this morning with the uh, Fredericksburg Regional Food Bank. Again, turkeys and toys. We'll talk about it before we get out of here, but it's this Saturday, 10 to uh, 10 to 2 o'clock at uh at the at the uh the, the fred nat stadium but we'll, we'll talk about that before we uh before we get out of here this morning again fredfood.org if uh if you uh, you need more information i always dan consider myself i'm up on things and i know things and it was the last time you were here we talked about the uh about the app what a great app that is i i had i had always said that the, and it is your your facebook page is one of the best as far as keeping the community up to date but if you've got a smartphone and the capability, the, the, the app really is terrific. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we have to give credit. A uh, college student really is the developer of that app. 
uh, in terms of having a vision for how they could help us create a tool and you know he's working with us to ever evolve it. We're going to be sad when he graduates. <laughs> That's what you need, though. Somebody who's somebody yeah. who knows how to do this stuff yeah. and has an has has an has an eye for it. Yeah, yeah. You, you it really does take that in terms of uh, innovation. And so the the purpose of the app is we get contacted constantly by people. How do I receive food? I mean, you mentioned our social media presence. So often we get pinged on social media with that question: How do I receive food? And we're able to create an automated response. We know it's a very common yeah. question coming in that sends them to this Fred Food VA app. Um, so the purpose of the app was because that question is so common, how do we lead people to our agency network as well as our own mobile distributions by making them aware, based on their geography, what is near them so that they can search by distance to a site. Uh, they can find times of operation that allow them to see what is suitable to their schedule. They can search based on like, I have an immediate need, what's open today, mm. or the first time I'm gonna be able to go look for some food is on Saturday, so what's open this Saturday. You know, whatever their circumstance is in terms of how they wanna use the app, it is very flexible to that circumstance in most cases, and allows them then to self-navigate their way to the charitable food assistance sites that are near them, that are convenient to them, that can serve them. And so, uh, yeah, that app is very useful. And others who are involved in addressing food insecurity around the, the community recognize the power of that app. And so we get a lot of people referring people to use Fred Food VA. And I think if people have an awareness of that tool, it is a, a real godsend and uh, helps them to self-navigate what can on the surface be a complicated system, but the app synthesizes and makes very uh, very understandable to people and there are things there, there are whether whether it's like you say whether it's there whether it's a mobile pantry or just a, a, a standalone all of all of it there really are options for for various different uh it, for various different situations and then a lot of them are different different areas different localities and you, you can find it right there absolutely and and i think one of the benefits too is the you know, virtual anonymity of it in the sense that uh, I'm sure it takes courage for some people to reach out to us, how do I receive food? There should be no shame in that. But I think for many, there is a, a fear or a stigma, um, especially when you deal with immigrants within the community. I think they're afraid to ask for help because they fear it may come back upon them that you're mm -hmm. going to ask for IDs, you're going to, you know, find out that they're here illegally, something of that nature. Uh, I, I think, you know, there's many reasons people are afraid to ask for help. And so to be able to self-navigate their way to resources, the app just allows them to do that uh, from the comfort of their own smartphone. It's interesting you mentioned that because I've heard from, from from other organizations, especially during the holidays, that that, that they, they have dealt more with, with a lot of immigrants who don't know how the system works or don't know where to go. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes it's it's not necessarily even language barriers or things of that nature. It's simply this is the first time I've had to do this. I don't know what to do. And um, yeah, there, there is, uh, I think, you know, concern among people that you're going to ask them for an ID. You're going to ask them for economic proof. I mean, when we deal with federal programs, there are thresholds that we're expected to hold people to in terms of their yeah. income levels. But when we deal with federal products, even though there's thresholds, the federal government does not permit us to ask for proof of income in most of their programs. So in that regard, uh, you know, it's a self-declaration process for the most part 
when we deal with people, we just it's kind of an honor system. We expect people to be honest. And like we've been talking about earlier today, you're, you're going to be honest if you have to wait in line for a long time because uh, there's, there's nothing gained by right. uh, using two, three hours of your day waiting in a long line to get a few items. And it's so interesting when you, you, you know, it's, it's not just immigrants who are dealing with this for, for the first time, which was just because of whether it's employment or it's employment and, uh, and inflation, a lot of people are. For the first time, I you, you you hear those stories of, of of people who just can't believe that they all of a sudden find themselves in this situation, and I'm sure you, all of you, and especially your frontline people, to try to deal with that is it's got to be difficult at times. It, it can be, yeah. There was an explosion of first time need in the pandemic, yeah. uh, especially you know right when that started to spread like wildfire in 2020. Uh, that was a very constant question across the food banking network is I've never had to ask for food help before. What do I do? Who do you help? How do I get help? Yeah. And, uh, you know, sadly, some of those people probably have endured in that situation based on the economic hit they took then and then compounded by inflation, perhaps. So, um, but, you know, there's people who maybe were okay during the pandemic who now inflation has hit. So it, it really is the sort of thing where there's always people going in and out of food insecurity. I mean, it's amazing. Sometimes you see people who are very well off now but are not ashamed to tell you a story about their food insecurity at some point in their lives. Yep. And so, uh, you know, it can impact any of us at any time if we're not careful. I'm sure you still need volunteers or there's all kinds of ways – there are all kinds of ways to help. And even over the, the holidays, various groups have said to me, you know, that they, they'll, they'll tell people even if you can't, donate to us maybe your way of donating is volunteering and, and and that's a big help yeah that is a constant resource that we're looking for and that can be done by going to our website fredfood.org uh, there's a tab there where you can get involved with volunteerism it allows you to create a volunteer profile so that you're in our system it allows you to self-register for opportunities that you're able to see right there within the system um, so yeah volunteerism is pretty easy to do and we tend to have a lot of volunteer opportunities, things like food box assembly, um, food distributions that you can help with, food sorting to go through items that need to be looked at and categorized, things of that nature. So there are a lot of opportunities. In the holiday season, we tend to get a lot of volunteer interest, which is understandable. People want to give back that time of year. Mm -hmm. um, but we use volunteers not only in the holiday season, but year-round, obviously. Uh, because it is a constant operation. It is not just a holiday season thing. Uh, people often think in those terms because we're more conscious of hunger in, in, in the community, perhaps, with holidays. We want to give during the holidays. Or we just think of people wanting special meals during the holidays, and so we want to support that and not have somebody deprived of a nice Thanksgiving or Christmas meal. But that's really not what food banking is about. That's an element that we serve, but we are there for year-round hunger relief. And so we really need volunteers year-round. And so maybe a New Year's resolution on the horizon mm. uh, to just go to fredfood.org and find a way you can commit to volunteering and supporting the community or find a way you can commit to making financial contributions on a monthly basis. Something like that could be a great New Year's resolution. And you've got so many there, – there are so many options. You can find something that you'll feel comfortable with or, or even might have, so, ha have some experience. Yeah, and, and our staff is – very supportive of trying to help volunteers have a good experience. Um, and then uh, you had said earlier, you know, things weighing on staff because of the, the need and the burden. Yes, I think, you know, it helps our staff 
often because we're a limited staff, yeah. we might only have one staff person at an event we're conducting. Uh, and so having a volunteer team around them really gives them some support and helps <laughs> them remain invested in the mission. It could be a lot if they're out there all by themselves trying to cover all the activities uh, without any help. So having volunteers out there is very essential to many of our operations. You've got a commercial that's running on uh, uh, that, that, that I hear a num- numerous times during the day talking about during the holiday season on, on, on Christmas Eve, people will leave a, a snack out for Santa. And it comes around to remembering that there's a, there, are, there are families in this area who would love to have. And, and, and that, that, that's just not something to, to take for granted, having, having a snack, having food. Yeah, it's a seasonal image that I think can resonate with people that, uh, you know, we, we commonly leave that snack for Santa and it magically disappears. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the uh, community itself has tens of thousands of people within it who would love somebody to come to their home on Christmas Eve and leave them something to eat. Um, and, you know, they'd like that every day, obviously, to have the opportunity to have food at their disposal. Uh, so kind of the magic of Santa really needs to be connected to the magic we can produce as a community if we are conscious of the need in our midst. And I think one of the great things of the holiday season is it's a time to reflect and elevate our awareness that there really is need in our community. But we shouldn't fool ourselves. It's not just a need for a month or two. It's need that can exist yeah. year-round. Which, when we said, we you know, we... we talked about it all summer and you mentioned it earlier just the, those uh the, the, those particular numbers and it's, it is worth re- and, and it's great people i know still will do food drives and, and, and bring food and you'll you'll take it wherever but again so much more can be gained if if i can give you a check and you can go and, and get it yeah there's so much flexibility that that provides we certainly would never dissuade food drives we want people to experience the the tangible impact that they can provide but we also ask people to recognize that the greatest efficiency is us having the flexibility to use their resources and money allows us greater flexibility because we can then use it on infrastructure. We can use it on personnel as needed. We can use it on food as needed. We are able to really address our budgetary issues with money more than we can with simply food. I hear from so many people, and, and, and a, a lot of times, a lot of different people that I didn't even know were in. I, I know that I, the, the number of, of number of, uh, and, and especially one of the, the downtown Rotary clubs will go out and, and pick up food from from stores. There, there are a lot of people involved, and I've and I've heard I've heard about the the Rotary members, and then people who know them, they'll get involved. There really are are, are a lot of people involved, and it, it is heartwarming to see that that, that that so many people at so many levels, and people you wouldn't even imagine. Yeah, involved. it is amazing. I mean, I mean, as I portray this call for more community involvement, I don't mean to portray it as the community is not involved at all. It, it really is yeah. heavily involved in many respects. But I think what I'm appealing to is. Every one of us should want to take some action toward addressing food insecurity in our midst. And you're giving some great examples that, yes, people are out there going to local retail stores, picking up their items that they would be taking off the shelves but are still consumable. They're going to donate them and allow us to repurpose them. Uh, You know, that is something that we don't have the staff and personnel to go around to all the stores and pick up all that they might offer. We do a pretty good job of it. We go to a lot of stores to do that with our big trucks, yep. but people using their own personal vehicles can help us. Uh, and several organizations or groups do that. 
Um, our agencies are very active, obviously, in that regard. They have their own volunteer corps, and they will pick up those kinds of products on our behalf and take them right back to their agency and distribute them. So there's thousands of volunteers involved around the community. But, you know, we could use thousands of more, and we yep. could use millions of more dollars. Yeah, and that's that's where just just, just getting involved and being able to do what you're doing. And, and, if, and if you're a person who can make that big donation – Consider it end of end end of the year if if if, if you can you'll any donation is fine but if you are if you do have the means yeah I think, think of the food bank I, I think if people are willing to step up and say you know I want to do something impactful substantial and I certainly don't mind my name being attached to it just kind of like the way social media goes viral hmm. having influencers in the community stand up and make a substantial donation is viral it'll in encourages others oh well i could do something like that too or i didn't realize that scale was there so now if i see that you know the joneses are given half a million dollars to the food bank we can do that i can do that too i mean i didn't realize the scale was there so i i think you know it really is the sort of thing where uh the community can demonstrate within itself that it has this level of commitment and that helps us immensely and if you personally know of situations or see where you can help Help out personally. Absolutely. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with uh, just doing something yourself and, uh, you know, steering people to the resource of fredfood.org yes. so that they can understand how to uh, how the food bank works, where its programs operate, how they operate, and then Fred Food VA to help them concretely find sites of distribution around the community. Yeah, can't can't emphasize it enough. That that app is, is, is really just gold as far as uh, – what what it did what what it can do fredfood.org for the fredericksburg regional food bank dan mayer here this morning when we come back we will uh, wrap this up on news talk 1230 wfva this is town talk on news talk 1230 wfva download the all-new news talk 1230 wfva app for apple and android text your comments or questions directly to the studio at 540-371-5756 and now here's your host Ted Schubel. Dan Mayer here this morning with the Fredericksburg Regional Food Bank. I need to tell, I mean, Dan, you are the only one that I have ever, Dan and I did a, did a video, I think it was in the past year, it was been the past couple of years, where we went into, we literally did a video in the freezer, our glasses fogged up, it was so cold, I could hardly hold on to my cell phone, but the fact that you wanted to do that, and you said, we were standing there, and you said, you want to do it in there, and I said, sure. Well, I guess it shows we're both a little crazy. The, yeah. the temperature in our freezers, uh, by the range we've got to keep them at, is generally around like minus 5, minus 10 degrees. Yeah. So, I mean, you grew up in Michigan, I think. Or, right. You know, yep. So you, you were used to it. I, I grew up in Virginia. I'm not so used to that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, it was fun. It's those, it's, it's, it, is, it is those kinds of things. But it's, it's a it's – a, whenever we get together, these, these, are, these are serious topics. And, uh, and I appreciate you wanting to come in. And, uh, and, and to talk about this and to challenge all of us to, to, to find a way to get involved. And I think, you know, into the new year, that's a way, look at ways. You, you, you mentioned it. Make it, a, make it a, a New Year's resolution to somehow get involved some way. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things I enjoy about my role is it does give me a profile in the community to be an advocate or a spokesperson on behalf of those that we serve. And to me, that's very vital that I just create an awareness within the community that Perhaps the people themselves who are in situations of food insecurity do not have the ability to communicate. There is significant need within our community. It's a blessed community. It's a generous community. But there still remain tens of thousands of people 
who have daily food insecurity needs. Mm -hmm. And so we really do need the community rallying around constantly. And uh, this time of year is just a great time to think about what difference can I make in my community for its betterment. And we would encourage, you know, nonprofit communities are an important way to do that. Ours will speak to fredfood.org, our website, and fredfoodva, our app, are great tools to create awareness of the circumstances within the community and how you can get involved, how you can help, and how you can benefit if you have need. Turkeys and toys this Saturday, 10 to 2 at Frednet Stadium. And uh, people will be lining up early. It'll be a long line. And uh, you, the first 500 will get a turkey and, and toys. And then you'll see what, what happens after that. That's correct. Yeah, we'll, we'll come prepared for more than 500. But, uh, you know, we don't want to overcommit. So we promise the first 500 will have uh, turkeys and toys at their disposal. But, yeah, it's going to be a significant day, a tiring day, but a very satisfying day, I'm sure. I remember remember it last year, just just the, the uh, to, to see that many people, but but that many people just overjoyed. And, and, and you at, at, at different stations around the stadium had where you had a place where you were giving out cereal or you right. you know gave out out different things, and there was just such such gratitude. That was the thing yeah, that struck a- me. Absolutely. I mean, it's not the most convenient thing to wait in a long car line. As we said, some people waited hours in that line, uh, and yet there was great gratitude. We served almost 700 families last year uh, in the 10 to 2 window, and what we do is, you know, at 2 o'clock we do have to shut down the line so that we can know there's a termination to the event, but, uh, you know, whoever is in line at 2 o'clock will will serve as long as supplies last, and we hope yeah. supplies last till the last people go through last year. It, it worked that way. Uh, we, we ran out of turkeys right at the end, but, uh, you know, we had other products to, to supply to the last few dozen cars in line. Things, things Dan, that struck me that day was I've been there for, for games and seen really long lines, but never that long of a line. I had never seen a line that long that went past Wegmans to get into the stadium. And that, that just showed you how, how desperate some people are. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, you've been talking about the visual today and yes, it was very impactful. I think our staff went away tired and humbled but also grateful because we saw that wow uh you know we are really having an impact by a day like this and we are needed and this is showing us that yeah well dan Merritt, it's been a great year talking to you about uh many of these many hard issues thank you for for coming in merry christmas to you and the staff which which, which you all do at the fredericksburg regional food bank is just i i we're, we're, we're so fortunate to have the food bank just because you have your, you really are have the pulse of the community and just adding things like the app this year have been things I think that, that really help a lot of us. Well, you're very kind to recognize that and say that, Ted. Thanks on behalf of the food bank for what you do in the community to create awareness and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and the team here. Fredfood.org. Again, the website, FredFoodVA is the uh, the app. Jump on and, and get that on your phone if you can. Fredfood.org. Dan Mayer with the Food Bank. Again, uh, turkeys and toys Saturday 10 to 2 at the baseball stadium. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the morning. Thanks for listening to Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFVA. The views expressed by the hosting guests on this program are their own and not necessarily those of this station, its management, or Centennial Broadcasting. Hear the show anytime by subscribing to the Town Talk podcast on your favorite podcast platform. The Glenn Beck program is next on News Talk 1230 WFVA, focused on Fredericksburg.